says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word today. Because it's a lamp unto our feet, it's a light unto our path. And Father, as the word is sown, I thank you for it transforming our lives. I thank you that the information will provide revelation so, Father, we can experience transformation for our lives. And I declare in the name of Jesus that as I step back, the Spirit of God has already moved in to minister to your people. And I declare in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series entitled, Maximizing Your Faith. Everybody say, Maximizing Your Faith. And the goal of the series is to help you and I understand what faith is, to understand what faith has the ability to do in our lives, and then hopefully I'm going to teach you how to use your faith. Because I believe once a person is born again... Faith is one of the most important subjects that they can learn. And so if I were you, I would spend a tremendous amount of time learning how to use my faith. Now, if you're taking notes, our lesson title today is is somewhat similar to last week, but it is different. And it is how to believe and receive. How to believe and receive. And the goal of the message today is to give you spiritual insight on believing and then provide you with a specific strategy on how to receive into manifestation what you have believed. So if you have your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, and then Genesis chapter 12, verses 1. That was Mark chapter 11, verse 23, and then Genesis chapter 12, verses 1. I'm going to preference ahead of time. This is one of those messages that you need to play probably about four times. This is probably the second most critical lesson in my series of faith so far. Now, we've learned uh, over this course of three or four weeks that there are four things regarding our faith that must be active on a regular basis. Number one, we must have works. Number two, you must consistently hear the word to get pregnant with the word. The third thing that we learned that must stay active for our faith to work is that we must always speak faith-filled words. And then number four, we learned that you must believe the word for it to work in your life. Now, our definition of believing was a person who becomes convinced that what they have seen and what they have heard or what they have experienced is true and real to them. Believing is when a person becomes convinced. Everybody say convinced. Convinced that what they have seen or what they have heard or what they have experienced is true and real to them. Now, I'm going to switch that definition up just for the sake of our lesson this morning and say it like this. 
Believing is when a person becomes convinced that what God has shown them and what God has said to them and their past experiences with God are true and real. Amen. Not only through this series we've learned uh, that, but we also learn that you and I can't just believe what God says. We have to also believe what we say. And for those of you who need some help, I have a lesson coming up and it's called faith in me. Because if you don't have faith in yourself, you're going to struggle receiving the promises of God for yourself. Amen. And, and most of the promises of God in his word are me attached. Everybody say me attached. In other words, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Greater is he that is in Okay, so these promises that God have made us, they are me attached. And if you don't have faith in me or in you, you're going to struggle receiving the promises of God. Can I get an amen from the church? Amen. Amen. So uh, we've concluded on last week and we stopped and I'm going to pick up now uh, when I was explaining what Jesus meant when he said, believe we receive. So get your Bibles, turn over to Mark chapter 11. We're going to start right here this morning. Because what I want to do uh, is help you and I have a foundation of what it means to believe that you receive. Now in Mark chapter 11 verse 23, Jesus said, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed. Now notice he says say to the mountain. He didn't say talk about it. The mountain only gets bigger the more you talk about it. The mountain will get smaller and go away if you will talk to it. Therefore, I say unto you uh, that whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Everybody say, but shall believe. But shall believe. Here's the question. What should I be believing? He answered that. That those things which you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. So Jesus is telling us here exactly what to believe. He says, you know what I want you to believe with your heart? I want you to believe that whatever you say is going to come to pass. Look at verse 24. Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire. When you pray, say this part with me. Believe that you receive them. And what's going to happen? And you shall have them. Last week we established the fact that faith is always present tense. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And faith is the evidence of things not seen. It didn't say, now faith was. It didn't say, now faith is going to be. So most people never receive into manifestation God's promises for their life because they make faith so future tense that they fail to receive right now. Amen. So I have a take-home statement that I want you to write down. Here's a take-home statement or a take-home thought. Believing for, for the promise is always now, even though the manifestation of it may be later. I'm going to say it again. Believing for the promise is always now, even though the manifestation of it may be later. Amen. Notice it said in Mark 11, 24, believe that you receive them. That's right now. And then he says, you shall have them. That's manifestation later. So how do I believe I receive? We ended our lesson explaining last week the difference between the two Greek words. Y'all remember decamaya and lambano? Amen. Decamaya means to accept. Lambano means to grab hold of. And so now this is where we're going to start. Because see, there are four things. Everybody say four things. 
There are four things to keep your faith active. We talked about that. But today what I'm going to do now is show you that there are five things that you and I must do or must be done for us to know that we're believing. See, here's the problem. Most people don't know when they're believing. So there are five things. Everybody say five things. There are five things that if these five things are being done, it is proof that you are believing God's way. It doesn't matter how you feel. See, here's why I'm giving you these five things. Because we will allow our feelings to surface and we will make, watch this now, our feelings real to us. When your feelings are just feelings. Amen. You ever felt like you wanted to murder somebody? It's just a feeling. You don't have to cuss them out. You might feel like you want to cuss them out. It's just a feeling at that point. You don't have to respond to the feeling. Well, when these five things are being done, it doesn't matter what your feelings are saying, and it doesn't matter what the circumstances are saying. If you're doing these five things, your your believing is intact. Here's the first one. And what I'm going to do is give you the five. And then we're going to go to Genesis so I can show you how these five things were working in Abraham's life. Here's the first thing that we must uh, be doing is a promise. Everybody say a promise. This is what needs to happen in order for us to believe we receive. We must have a promise. This is something that God says to you from his word or by his spirit through prophetic voices or in some cases by angelic visitations. In other words, God has to get a promise to you because you can't believe you receive what you don't know. Everybody say a promise. So that's number one. Number two, a picture. Everybody say a picture. Now, this is something visual that God uses to help you and I visualize his promise. I'm going to explain. And this can happen through a dream, a vision, a picture, whether it be mental or physical. See, I'm going to show you. Remember Thomas and he had a problem. He says, I'm not going to believe until I can see him. Well, God knows that we are visual people. He knows that we are people that are spirit. We have a soul. We live in our bodies. He knows that. And so because he knows that, he still helps us to believe his way, even though we are made in these three, the spirit, soul, and body. So a picture is something visual that God uses to help you visualize his promise And this can happen through a dream, a vision, a picture, whether it be mental or physical. Here's number three, a prophetic gesture of obedience. These are things that if you are doing these things, then whatever you are believing for is going to come to pass. If you are believing for increase for your business... If you are doing these five things that I'm telling you, you will see increase in your business. Amen. A prophetic gesture of obedience. What is this? This is displaying or performing an act of obedience in relationship to what God has promised you. I'm going to say that again. A prophetic gesture of obedience. This is displaying or performing an act of obedience in relations to what God has promised you. And here's the uh, number four. And that is a profession. Everybody say a profession. Now profession is nothing but a confession. But I needed to stay with peas. So it's profession. Okay. For those of you who are studying the Bible. That's called alliteration. 
Now, what is a profession? This is a statement you choose to make that confirms God's promises and affirms your faith. I'm going to say that again. A profession, a confession is a statement that you choose to make that confirms God's promises for your life. Watch this. And affirms your faith when you say it. And then here is the last one. And that is some patience. This is the spiritual ability to wait on the manifestation of God's promise while maintaining a faith-filled attitude. I'm going to say that one again. Patience is this spiritual ability. Everybody say spiritual ability. See, most people, they're not being patient. They're just waiting. There's a difference. When you're standing in line at Walmart, you're waiting. You're not patient. Because when you're patient, you're waiting on the Lord. When you're waiting, you're waiting on people. And that's why you complain. I can't believe they only have one person in this big old store. They got one person checking us out. All these grumbling people in here. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. I have plenty of time, hopefully, to unpack this. What I'm going to do today is to show you that God used all five of these things in the life of Abraham... For Abraham's promise that God had made him to manifest in his life. Now, let me just add that God did all five of these things in my life throughout my tenure of pastoring here at Word of Truth Family Church. Because my question to God as I was studying was, God, how can I give people a practical way of understanding how to believe something? And he said, Eben... Just walk them through what you did in each phase of this building, of this church. When I got to, when, 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 when we got ready to move from our elementary school, it was these five things that God used to, watch this, not only show me where to go, but to confirm when I got there that I was it. You all know I was praying one day. I got a vid. I was praying, Lord, do you want us to have two services at this elementary school? Or do you want us to move? And as I was praying, I got a vision. Everybody say vision. God gave me a vision. First time that ever happened to me. I haven't had one since. I got a vision and I saw this auditorium. And I was like, wow. I wonder where this place is. When I got through praying, I got in my car. This is a prophetic act of obedience. Faith without works is... Okay, I can pray all day. So I went and I started driving around. Long story short, God gave me that vision to lead me to the place. When I got there, they showed me the location. I knew that was the place because I saw it before I got there. Amen. So let's see how these five things help Abraham to believe. It says in verse uh, chapter 12, look in verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram. Now I want you to notice his name was not Abraham. At this point, it was Abram. He told Abram, get out of your country, leave your kindred, leave your father's house unto a land that I will show you. He says in verse two, here's a promise. And I'm going to make you, Abram, a great nation. I'm going to bless you and make your name great. And then you shall be a blessing. 
Verse 3. And I will bless those that bless you. And Abram, I'm going to curse those that curse you. Because in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Let me just say this about your enemies. You ain't got to fight them. Because he said, if they bless you, they'll be blessed. If they try to curse you, they will be cursed. Amen. Look at verse 4. So Abram departed. Here's his prophetic gesture of obedience. He departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. Watch this now. I want you to pay attention to this. Abraham was how old? 75 years old. I want you to pay attention to that. When he departed out of Haran. Verse 5. And Abram took Sarai, his wife. Notice her name. It was Sarai. And Lot, his brother's son. And all of their substance they had gathered. And all the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem. And unto the plain of Morah. And then it says, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And watch verse 7. It says, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, unto thy seed will I give this land. Now I want you to notice, he's giving Abraham another promise. He says, unto your seed will I give this land. And there Abraham built an altar unto the Lord who had appeared. Now let me just say this. That last promise that he gave Abraham was a major promise because at that point Abraham didn't have any children. Okay, now let's jump down to chapter 13. Chapter 13. It says in Abram, uh, verse 1, And Abram went up to Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot went with him into the south, And Abraham was very rich in cattle and in silver and in gold. Jump down to verse 5 if you would. And Lot also went, who went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them both that they might dwell together. For their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. Let me just say this. Listen, Lot got blessed because of Abraham. So who you hang out with does make a difference. Amen. Are your friends elevators or escalators? Which one? Amen. So watch what happened. And so there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram and the cattle of Lot's. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And Abraham Abram came to Lot and said, let there be no strife between us. And between our herdsmen and your herdsmen. Verse 9, he said, because we're brothers. He says, is not the whole land before us? He says, separate yourself, I pray, from me. And if you will take the left, then I'll take the right. If you take the right, I'll take the left. Abram said, listen, we shouldn't be fighting. We're, we're family. Look at your neighbor and say, we family. You should not be talking negative about nobody in this room right here. He said, we family, let's not fight. He said, I'll tell you what. Whatever direction you decide to go, I'll go in the opposite direction. And so let's see what happened. It says, in verse, chapter 13, look in verse 14. So they went, you know, Lot decided to go in one direction, so Abram decided to go in the other direction. But I want you to see something. I only read all that for this right here. And the Lord said unto Abram, after Lot was separated from him. 
There's some things God ain't going to tell you till you separate yourself from some people. I know you want to be a blessing to Mookie and Pookie them. I know. But there are some people that God needs to remove from your life. Or you need to remove yourself from. For him to say some things to you. Because see there are the spirits out there called dream killers. And if you say your dream to the wrong person. It'll kill the dream in you. So he had to. He said listen. I'm going to read it again. And the Lord said to Abram. After Lot was separated from him. Why didn't he say it when Lot was there? Watch what he says. Lift up your eyes, Abraham. Look now toward the place, toward northward, south, east, and west. See, he told a lot to go one way. And so God told Abraham probably, even when lot went, is yours too. He says, for all the land that you see, I will give it to you. And your seed forever. Notice God's given Abraham vision. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. Watch this now. I'm getting, I'm going somewhere. So that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Watch verse 17. He says, Abram, arise, walk through the land in the length of it, in the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. Some things you got to march around before you get it. Amen. Looking down, Genesis 15, we're going to look at verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. How? How did it come? How did it come? Remember, one of the things that I said for your believing to be intact is that God will give you a promise. Well, here it is right here. He says, in a vision, fear not, Abram. I am thy shield, thy exceeding great reward. And Abram says to the Lord, watch this now. What is his name? Abram says, Lord, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have not given me any seed. And one born in my house is not my heir. Look in verse 4. And behold, what came? What came? What came? The word of the Lord came to him saying, this shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him forth. Look at what God is doing to Abraham. The Bible says he brought him forth and he said to Abraham, now I want you to look toward heaven, Abraham, and look at the stars and see if you're able to number them. And then he said to Abraham, so shall your seed be. Look at what God did. This is the first account of a vision board. See, you may be a member here. You say, Pastor, what's a vision board? A vision board is a board that you decide to put up in your house that has items on it that you believe in God for. Now, see, what you don't realize, this was Abraham's first vision board. God told him, look, on the board of your life, Abraham, I want you to look up at the stars and all those stars, that's how many kids and generations you're going to have. Well, he didn't have any children at that point. So I want to encourage you, whatever you believe in God for, get a vision board. Go to a magazine that has some of the stuff you want in it and cut it out. 
put it on the board. Well, let's see what happened. Because God knows we are creatures of senses. Smell, touch, taste. He knows that. So he gives Abraham a photo of what of what he had for Abraham. Let's see what Abraham's response was. Verse 5. He brought him aboard. Abroad says, look at the stars. Are you able to count them? And he says, so shall I see you be. Look in verse 6. And he, he who? Abraham, read it with me. Believed in the Lord. Stop. God had given to Abraham all these promises. He had given Abraham all these visions. But it wasn't until now it says he showed him something. And then Abraham believed. See, God knows we need to see something. So now today I'm telling you what you need to see. He gave Abraham a photo of the promise. And it says, Abraham believed in the Lord. And it was counted to him for righteousness. Looking now, Genesis 15, look at verse 7. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought you out of the Ur of Chaldees. And I'm going to give you this land to inherit it. And verse 8, it says, and he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I inherit it? See, sometimes we want to say, Lord, how I know you're going to bless me. Now, sometimes we do these fleeces. Well, Lord, let it rain Kool-Aid. Well, 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 well. Abraham said, okay, you promised me now. You showed it to me. How are you going to make it happen? Here is the prophetic gesture of obedience. Watch what he did. Watch this. And he said, God said to Abraham, go get me a heifer. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to go get a heifer. Go, go and tell him. I didn't tell you to call him a heifer. I said, tell him you're going to go get a heifer. <laughs> he said to Abraham, go get... A heifer, three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And then watch and see what he told him. He says, and he took unto him all of these. He divided them in the midst. He laid them down, each piece one against another. The birds he didn't divide. And when the fowls came to try to eat the sacrifice, he drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham. And then watch this. Verse 13 says, and he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that their seed shall be the stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them. And then verse 7, look in chapter 17 now. Chapter 17, look at verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, 90 and 9 years old, he was 99. So what was the first time God gave him a promise? He was 75 years old. Now somebody subtract 75 from 99. What is that? Huh? What is it? 24. So 24 years later. Abraham was 90 years old. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Lord Almighty. Walk before me perfect. I will make a covenant with you and multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. He says, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you. This is God talking to Abraham. And you shall be a father of many nations. Now neither shall your name be no more called Abram, but thy shall call your name. What? Abraham, why? Because this is what it means. For a father of many nations have I made you. Let me tell you, God had given Abraham a promise. God had given Abraham a vision. God had given every, Abraham everything. But Abraham was still calling himself Abram. Abram's profession was not matching God's promise. 
So God said, okay, I'll tell you what, Abram. I need to change what you're saying. From now on, I don't want you to call yourself Abram. Because that does not mean a father of many nations. It just means a father. Now, I want you to call yourself Abraham because it means a father of many nations. And when you and I are believing, if our mouth does not match what God has promised, you're going to be a frustrated believer. It goes on to say that he changed Sarah's name to Sarah. Because if you're going to change your situation, you got to change your verbalization. Now, I'm going to go back over these five things because I'm done right here. I'm going to put it all together. I'm done. Let me go back over these five things because, see, some of you are sitting here saying, well, I don't know how to believe. Uh, I don't care if it's for a husband. I don't care if it's for a wife. I don't care if it's for a car. Listen, this process does not change. Your circumstance may change. What things soever you desire may change. What you are believing for may change. But this process to believe does not change. That's why I said if your feelings start acting up on you, just go to your checklist. Do I have a promise? That's something that God has said to me. Oh, that through his word or by his spirit or through prophetic utterances or through angelic visitations. Do I have a promise? Check. A picture. This is something visual that God uses to help me visualize my, visualize His promise. This can happen through a dream, a vision, a picture, whether it be mental. Some of that is my responsibility. Amen. If you want to see your checking account have more money in it, visualize it. You said, Pastor, that don't work. You ain't even tried it. That's why your account is low. Amen. Let me tell you what I did. When God gave me the vision that we were supposed to move to Seguin High School, I saw the vision. I saw the auditorium. I didn't even know where the place was. When I discovered the place, I went inside. I said, excuse me, do you all have a place like an auditorium? You know, where a church could meet or something like that. They said, yeah, we do. I said, can I see it? They took me back there. When they cut the lights on, the exact place I saw in the vision, I saw it. I said, oh, this is it right here. Now, I went and said, okay, now I need to ask them, can I use it? Y'all already know. I got four or five no's from Seguin High School. But see, remember now, in order to believe, you got to have a checklist. I had gotten a promise. God gave me a picture through the vision. Why am I going to let a temporary no affect my eternal yes? So you know what I did? I now got my own picture. I used to, I'm telling you, I would come up to Seguin High School on a regular. Look at your neighbor and say, are you regular? Go on and ask them. I would go to Seguin High School on a regular basis. I would say, hey, can I see your auditorium? And I got, they saw me so much, they, soon they saw me, they disappointed. I didn't even have to check in, they disappointed, right? So I would go in the auditorium, I would cut the lights on, I would sit on the stage, I would look toward all those seats, which was almost 800, and I would visualize our church having church in there, and I would visualize the place being full. Well, guess what happened? We got a yes. 
We moved in. And I'm telling you, y'all know how big Seguin was. And so this was the middle section. This is all our church took up. The rest of it was empty. And I remember telling our church, I said, listen, don't worry about the empty seats. They're going to get full. Don't worry about that. Because, see, I was still visualizing. Well, it came to pass. It got so full, we had to do two services. So I'm telling you right here, a promise, a picture. Here's number three, a prophetic gesture of obedience. This is when you display or perform an act of obedience of what God told you to do. If God told you to get married, you need to lose some weight, then you better find Jenny Craig. You better find her. I don't know who she is. I've never seen the woman. But you better find Jenny. Google her. I'm pretty sure you'll discover her. If God says, I'm going to bless you with a new home, but you need to get out of debt, then what you need to do, you need to call. You need to call, discover, and tell them, I want to stop discovering. You have to show a prophetic gesture of obedience because faith without works is dead. And here's the last thing. Then you got to profess. You got to say what God has said to you. And then watch this. It says through faith and patience. This is what it says. Follow those who through faith and patience, they've gotten the promise. Well, y'all following somebody good right now. Because I done obtained some promises, right? So just follow. Just fo- touch your name and say, follow the leader. Follow just, just follow. And I tell people, well, I don't know you. You know, you might be a new member. I don't know you that good, Pastor. Well, it don't matter. Follow me until I prove I'm untrustworthy. Trust me until I prove that I'm not, I'm not trustworthy. But for right now, follow the leader. He says, follow those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you learned something today. So how do you apply this? How do you apply it? Number one, you decide what you want or desire. Number two, you drown your mind and your heart with the promises of God so you can eliminate all all doubt. Number three, start declaring out of your mouth. That whatever you desire is yours. Remember he said that we should uh, uh, believe those things which we say. So you got to declare it with your mouth. Be diligent about those things that you already know to do. Start applying those prophetic gestures. And then number five, stay focused. That one ain't on there. Stay focused. With every head by and every eye closed, you may be here today. You say, Pastor Evan. I want a better life. And I know there's a better life than what I'm living right now. I don't know how to get it. Well, it's very simple. Before your life can change, you have to change. I'm going to say that again. Before your life can change, you have to change. I know you think it's about your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or your boo, whatever you want to call it. I know you know it's, you think it's about that. It's not even about that. It's about you. And so here's the question that I have for you today. If you die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Because if you're not, 
I want to lead you into.